What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Top of the List here with your host. My name's RB. I'm joined by my co-host, Dom. Say what's up, Dom. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back, indeed. And the moment has arrived. The foot dragging has finally reached the end for our good pal Dom over here as he is finally wrapped up watching the masterpiece. And yes, I am going to use that word a lot today. The masterpiece that is Apple TV's Ted Lasso. Uh, and of course, as soon as he got done, he said, let's get, let's get talking about Ted Lasso, a show that I think received wide, wide praise from just about every critic out there. Um, this was one that I watched as it came out. I'm a big sports guy, obviously, so anytime I can get a sports comedy, drama, sports show of any genre, that it's sports is kind of that, that overarching theme. I'm about it. I absolutely love this show. On top of that, I love Jason Sudeikis. Grew up watching him on Saturday Night Live. I think he's brilliant. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, before, just out of the gates. This is a 10 out of 10 show for me. I... I I'll go in more depth as to why, but this is, if not a perfect show, absolutely as close to perfect as you can get for me. Now, again, plenty of people can have their other their own opinions. There are all sorts of different things that happen in this show that people can love or hate, whatever. Uh, of course, this opinion is mine alone, but to me, this is an absolute brilliant masterpiece of a show. Dom, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, there's there's a reason that we're talking about this one right now, RB. This one is deserving of its own episode. This is uh, deserving of, like you said, RB, this is like a masterpiece. Um, If you want to label it, that's what I would label it as well. I I think that Ted Lasso is uh, one of the best shows I've seen uh, this year, for sure. Um, I know that we usually do like some sort of a top five or top ten list for uh, shows of the year, but um, this one would surely sit somewhere on a, a top ten list for sure because um, this is this is one of the all time greats I think. In uh, I, I mean, we can even zoom out a little bit, RB, and look at as a whole. I don't think that at very many uh, shows have landed as big of a following as Ted Lasso. Maybe like Squid Game got like the most viewers on Netflix. Maybe Stranger Things is pretty famous, but I, I really can't yeah. think of anything comparable. Everybody this knows about Ted Lasso. Been, well, this and I would say alongside uh, The Morning Show have been kind of the two major splash hits for the streaming service Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah, but even compared to the, the other channels, like there isn't, hasn't been anything that's hit as big as this, I think. Personally. Yeah, you're right. Obviously, I think I think you hit the two nails on the head with Netflix when you when you discuss Stranger Things and uh, uh, Squid Game, which we've reviewed both of. So anyone who hasn't had the chance yet, <laughs> go back and give a listen to our reviews on those. And Squid Games, they they have the Squid Game reality show now that's, that's going on, right. on Netflix, and I've heard <laughs> some rumblings about them being having a season two coming out soon as well. So uh, yeah, I'm excited for that for sure. Yeah, we'll be definitely reviewing that as well as well as the next season of Stranger Things, which uh, yeah. probably do out what <laughs> next summer. Yeah, probably sometimes. Sometimes Some, it's, a, it's a summer show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, back to the matter at hand. You're absolutely right. Yeah, this is yeah. and and the following. I mean, I, I've I've worked since I started watching Ted Lasso at three different offices, three different universities, and the amount it, it's like universal. I mean. 
whether it was the admissions office that I worked at at my first job or the athletics office at my most recent job, everyone watched this and everyone loved it. There, you know, there are so many shows I think that people are divided on. Shit, you and me are divided on on Stranger Things. I mean, right. on our opinions on that. Uh, plenty of people I know who didn't weren't as crazy as we were about Squid Game. This is one show that I feel like universally has been loved. Yeah. And yeah. again, it's because I think of the brilliant writing and character development in this show. There is. And again, I, I guess we're, we're kind of diving right on in here. Yeah, yeah. Every single character, so many shows we've watched, we talk about how there's a weak character. There's someone who's just kind of a background character is there. Sometimes it's the villain. You referred to it so well, Dom, as, as a mustache twirler when it's the villain. Or sometimes the addition of a character who you know so clearly is there for comic relief that it's just kind of painful to watch. This show, every character, their growth over these three seasons of television, doesn't matter who it is. Everyone grows so much. Everyone is so perfectly placed for a reason in this show. There's no extra fat to trim, so to speak. Everything is so direct. I mean, even comparing it to, you know, something like Rick and Morty. We talk about throwaway episodes. There's not one throwaway episode in this show. It's amazing. Yeah, there honestly isn't. Yeah, you're absolutely right, RB. um, It's one of those... uh, rare shows like you said rb that is just there's no flat spots there's no flat right, spots right. anywhere and not just in one aspect like the writing the the writing has zero flat spots but it's also like the directing every episode is feels special every episode is pushing the the boundaries of what the last episode uh accomplished you know mm-hmm. and that that's tough to to pull off in not just one season but two seasons but now we've finished with a third season where I honestly am curious and I hope we get a chance to discuss this and maybe debate this a little bit, RB. I thought each season got even better than the last. And I think that's something that's really tough to pull off. Yeah, I, I personally have a favorite season. Um, I, right. I think season two is the most mm-hmm. poignant. Um, but, you know, it, it's a matter of splitting hairs. You know, I'm not going to say that any one season is, a, right. is not a 10 out of 10. Right, um, right. You know, I, I, it's hard to say that the, each season got better. I, I think more so, as we were discussing, you know, it's the character development. And we, we I mean... It's an onion, and we're peeling back more yeah. and more layers and seeing the bigger picture. And by the time we get to season three, we have the whole picture, and it's, it's a matter of finally getting to see everything all come together, which is why season three is so special. It's not a show that's, okay, season one has this goal, then season two has a separate goal, season three has a third goal. It's almost as if if you were to take all these episodes and string them all together, you could watch one big you know, movie. It's right. it's not episodic. Right. Yeah. No. It. It. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. RB. And I think one thing that uh, was really cool that they did in all three of these seasons was uh, there was such a wide range of different kinds of episodes we can get. Also, in terms of length, in terms of like what was happening. Um, you know, we've talked about like certain seasons have bottle episodes. Uh, certain seasons have, you know, try to experiment with new ways to do things. And I think um, you were pointing out season two, RB, 
was one of those yep. seasons where they had a lot of uh, experimentation in specific episodes, and they pushed the boundaries in a few episodes. So I I don't know. It's just it's one of those shows where, um, you know, I'm going to compare it to my favorite TV show of all time, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, every every season builds on what the last one did and yeah, improves that's, that's on it in point. some way. Yeah. It's not another show that is kind of a uniform narrative rather than episodic and just kind of jumping around with a loose narrative. There is a clear goal from start to finish. Yeah, and I love I love that, and it adds to the some of the best sequences in the show when uh, the stakes are super high in these uh, football games, right? Yes, and that is that's some of the best matches, football matches. Yeah. We're going to uh, call, if we're going to call it football, we have to call it call it by its proper British terms, of course. That's and and yet another one of the greatest parts of this show, RB, is is learning about the the culture of Richmond and learning all about that and all the people that live there, which are a very colorful group of people. Just the inhabitants of this place are very mm-hmm. colorful, and uh, I thought that was pretty awesome as well. That. You know, like you said, RP, it's it's really a testament to some of the best writing we've ever seen uh, executed because every character has something to contribute that's worthwhile, um, which I think is really impressive. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and again, I think what makes something that made this show so poignant and gave it made it go from a beloved TV show to, to somewhat a renowned phenomenon and it's my favorite thing about this show, is it combines two topics that don't often get combined. The combination, and something that more light is being shed on now more than later, but the combination of sports, sort of a a machismo culture, and mental health. And I think that's what what made this show so special, is that is, I think, a central theme. You know, we talk about... A, a uniform narrative and that's where it, I think it somewhat differs from a show like Avatar The Last Airbender where we have the goal in the Avatar The Last Airbender is to mm-hmm. to you know for Aang to master all the elements and bring peace back to uh, right. to the world here it's not quite as clear cut but the bottom line is really it's it's Ted finding his inner peace his happiness yeah. Yeah. and it's all about these mental health struggles that he has and through that, we encounter that he's not the only person struggling with mental health uh, and emotional emotional health. And it's really great. I think that's what leads more into this beautiful character development is it's a side that we almost, when we suspend our belief, suspend our uh, sense of reality and watch these TV shows as if they're real shows, it's something that we often do not focus on. We yeah. don't often consider in television shows, we're worried about the matter at hand. We don't think what's going on in the brains of these characters beyond what they tell us they're going through. So to be able to, to see that is, I, I think, something new, something I hope other TV shows will start to build on as well. But I thought that was brilliant. And it's why I love season two so much. The addition of uh, Dr. Dr. Sharon, I think she is one of the most powerful characters in this show. I love yeah. her addition. I love her whole arc and her relationship with Ted, I think, is incredible. That is why I think season two has a small tick above one and three for me. 
Yeah, I, I could totally agree with you on that. And why Ted is the way he is. I, I could totally agree with you on that, RB. I think that the season two was was wrapped up with such an in such a nice thematic bow that yeah, um, yeah I, I agree with you, RB. It does make it a tick above the other two. Um, I also really think that um, what you were talking about, I wanted to touch on the uh, the whole uh, panic attacks with Ted Lasso and yeah. all of that struggle. Yeah, absolutely. That is the central struggle of the entire show for our protagonist, right? And and I I like uh, I like you also thought that that journey was uh, interesting one to see progress from season one where he really had no idea what the heck was going on with it and he was freaking out then to season two slowly getting better help to the point where he was in season three kind of you know on the way up to finding his way back and um Mm -hmm. you know hey if we haven't given enough kudos at this point uh it's just a testament to great acting and in a combination with great writing that uh, Ted Lasso was able to pull off this kind of a comeback, uh, both in terms of a character and in terms of the story too. That there's like this is a great comeback story as well. Very much so, very much so. And on top of that, you know, I'm a sucker for this show because it pairs excellent writing, excellent acting with sports, and that I also I also think is really cool. What's really cool about this show? I'm a huge fan of. The likes of like Friday Night Lights, for example. I'll use that because I use this example. But it's true of just about any sports drama or sports comedy. You know, the likes of Blue Mountain State is another example. Where they the shows, I think, and this is where the show does something brilliantly, give you the belief that you can watch the show without understanding the sport. The bottom line is that yeah. for someone who watches football, just about any television show about football will end on a last second play when we know that's not how every game ends. And that's what's exciting about this show is this is a show in which soccer is the background. It's not soccer is the main focus. Right. So it's okay if the team loses five to nothing or draws one to one, you know, because it's not about soccer. Soccer may be the background, but it's not about it. And that's where this differs, I think, from a lot of sports shows. That's where sports shows somewhat fall flat is you lose out on something happening in the show because you have to cut in a football scene in Friday Night Lights. I mean, I love that, but not everyone does. Here, there are plenty of soccer scenes, sure, but it always circles back and relates to the show. It doesn't ever pull away from the focus of the show. RB, that's such a smart observation. Yeah, I, I... Totally see what you're saying there. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I also think that um, one of the coolest things that this show does in terms of being a sports show is you have a variety of different perspectives on the sport in the show, right? We have people ranging from the you know old season pro that you know is kind of stuck in his ways, kind of like Roy Kent. We have Nate, who's more of a tactician that kind of knows a lot about, like, the specifics of the game. And then there's Ted Lasso, who's like, I think you had to explain, RB, kind of like the, takes the place of an audience member that doesn't know that much about soccer slash football. And um, I think that they did a great job of putting that in the writing 
and making it and like you said RB one of the cool I, one of the coolest things that you just said that I think is so cool about this show is that like you said it doesn't matter if they win or lose in the end because it's almost like what happens on the field is important to some extent but there's a certain point in this show where you start to realize like I'm caring more about what's happening off the field than anything that's happening on the field and Absolutely. that's what the whole like theme of the show is right like that that's the whole and meaning of the that's show certainly something hard to do i know certainly with reality tv um again i know i've been drawing a lot of comparisons here but um last chance you they've had a se- they've had seasons of last chance you and granted this is reality tv where teams lose mm-hmm. and it's hard to to remain interested you know they interested in a show that's about a winning football program um when the program is losing that season here right. they completely throw that formula out the window, like I said, because they we care so much about the characters that again we suffer through the losses with Richmond, and that's okay. We're still interested. It's not yeah. oh well, I'm not going to watch the season because I don't care what happens to Ted Lasso because Richmond's losing, and all I care about is watching every week to see if Richmond wins. Right. Okay, so we've um, we've kind of discussed on a macro level now. I think yeah. let's dive in a little bit to, to some of the characters here. Okay. Um, now, obviously, we could talk about the characters. I mean, there are so many great ones, and they all have incredible developments. You know, characters that we've been living with season one through three, characters introduced in season three. Um, there are just so many great characters. They all have some incredible storylines, incredible developments. Um, we talked a little bit about Ted. Um, I think we should talk about first maybe two of his, you know, closest cronies in the show in Nathan Shelley, who obviously I think has the biggest roller coaster of oh, yeah. growth and decline in the show, as well as Coach Beard, a character that I didn't know what to do with by in season one, and by season three is one of my absolute favorites. Absolutely, and RB. I think I just want to say right now, one thing that you might not, that is another great thing about this show is that so far, you and I have pretty much only talked about like the most dramatic parts of the show. We haven't even touched on the comedic aspects of the show, really, which is a whole nother layer of the show. This show is freaking hilarious, right? And like you were saying, without a doubt, one of my favorite characters, Beard, ends up being one of the most hilarious characters on the show. Nate has his moments too. You know, Ted, Ted, of course, is hilarious. Um, Rebecca and Keely, great pairing, great chemistry. They always uh, get a laugh. So there's just Higgins lots of great as well. I, I think he's I think hilarious. He, yeah. his, he's amazing in this role, but has some <laughs> extremely poignant parts. I mean, like in yeah, season yeah. one when he quits, when he says, you know, he finds out that Rebecca is trying to sabotage the team, and he says, "I can't do this anymore. I quit and leaves." Exactly. Yeah, he's he's got some really. Um, like everything with him and his family and like how heartwarming that is is just so beautiful and the christmas mm-hmm. special with the higgins family is like we love it a perfect episode like perfect christmas episode that was like awesome yep. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah there's it's there's hard just to so say many which awesome episodes it's, it's it's easier in this and i don't know if i could name any to try and find the episodes that are imperfect rather than the, right. the yeah yeah there's so many times I, I can't name i can't name a single episode i disliked I cannot name a single episode yeah, I dislike. I, I, I think I'm right there with you. There was... Yeah, I, I can't think of one. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. While we're kind of trailing off the topic of characters, I, I did want to actually 
because we're talking about episodes and we're talking we yes. talked season two is our favorite i think yes. we're both, we both agree with that a, a tick above the others like you said yes so yes. one of my favorite episodes of season two is the episode entirely about beard's adventure through what is this the surroundings of uh wembley like manchester city right is that yeah that's the uh what is it? The uh, Thierry Henry episode, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah where he, he drinks the, the tea? Is that what it is? Is that what that is? I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. He drinks like a tea and, yeah. And it just gets crazier and crazier. And it's, it just follows his, yeah, his entire after journey. Yeah, Hours, season two, episode nine. Yeah, he just, it just follows his entire journey through the town. And he, like, ends up getting in a fight with uh, Jamie Tart's dad, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is crazy. And um, he, like, meets... And then it becomes, like, a noir, like, an old, like, Maltese Falcon, like, Chinatown noir. And, like, mm-hmm. he's, like, talking to this lady. Oh, my gosh. They just... Like I, I was talking about earlier when I was, I was hinting at this, I, uh, they really experimented and pushed the boundary uh, of what an episode of Ted Lasso could be in season two. And that was just so dang cool so dang cool Mm -hmm. yeah i agree it uh that's a special episode as well as i think it's season uh season three i'm trying to remember the name of it uh, as i as i look through it where ted has a similar adventure there when they're in amsterdam yeah and the inverted triangle that was a fantastic episode too another thought-provoking one where it was like more of like a introspective journey more than anything Absolutely. else yeah, yeah. I guess yep. <laughs> uh, there's there's just a lot to, to say about this show but um, yeah. even I mean each season has something that's awesome about it to like season one I, I love the introduction of Ted and just what honestly it kind of reminded me a little bit of like the same uh, meaning as Paddington, just like the idea of what pure kindness can do to people. And mm-hmm. um, I thought that was a perfect message for season one. And then when they move into season two, and they, like you said, they make it all about mental health and everybody going to see uh, Sharon. And yep. um, that was just awesome. And then season three was just special in its own because it was the goodbye, right? It built up to everybody getting an ending and an ending and a new beginning i would say i mean with how we leave off season three obviously it sounds like jason sudeikis having developed the characters has has put the show to rest but it leads it to our imagination of the future of afc richmond i guess major spoiler here and my voice is kind of gone so i'm not gonna do the spoiler warning but spoiler warning, just so you know yes um (laughs) spoilers uh yes you know what the future of Richmond holds with Nathan and Beard and Roy Kent coaching without uh, without Ted absolutely yeah and uh, while we're talking about the last season one of my favorite moments from this final season came in uh, the penultimate episode uh, where we have uh, Beard going to <laughs> what is it? I think it's uh, his Nate's girlfriend Jade's apartment and he's waiting outside there for him and he's like oh my god are you here to kill me and then Beard yeah. gives one of the greatest like 
speeches I've ever seen, and he mm-hmm. like explains his like for almost three entire seasons we didn't know the backstory of how Ted and yeah. Beard met, and then boom, he just spills it all right there. Like that was one of the coolest moments I thought personally. God. There are so many great moments in the show to pick from, but yeah, that is definitely a highlight one. Yeah, without a doubt. Some of the Beard moments I'll tell you are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Even going back to like the end of season one where. Beard has like the we find I think the first time we really get to see Beard as anything more than just Ted's number two, where he kind of like goes off on Ted when Ted keeps saying, "Oh, I don't care about winning." He goes off, you know, these are professionals; they're not student athletes. They care about winning. Winning is important. Yeah, um, I think is a really a really neat sequence, uh, yeah. as well as anything Beard has to say during like the the convening of the Diamond Dogs. <laughs> Oh my gosh, which is a great sequence. So funny, yeah. yet so poignant. Every and, one of those. Yeah, great, great recurring uh, part of the show. I, I agree, yep. RV. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, some characters. One I think we got to touch on a little bit, and we should talk about him and another character, and another character because these three characters were in a love triangle of sorts all the way through the end of this show. Um, yeah, I want to know all your thoughts about this. This, to me, is probably the most controversial part of the show. Um, you know who who do you, who would you pick, Roy Kent or Jamie, uh, when it comes to the love triangle with Keeley? Well, I think what this is really about, though, is is about neither of those characters. It's about Keeley learning to love and respect herself. Right. Right. Which, by the end, I think she does. And to that end. It shouldn't. It shouldn't matter who we pick. It, it matters right. who, who Keely picks. But um, still, and I, I still want to know. Gosh darn it! <laughs> I, I, I'm well. Let me finish this point, okay. and then I will. I will answer your question. I, I love how through their competition for Keely. Oh yeah. I, I think that both Roy and Jamie mature, and I love that. I love, I love watching them mature friends. and grow together and become friends. <laughs> that being said, I love Roy Kent, and Roy Kent deserves to be with Keeley, and Jamie Tart is kind of a prick, so go Roy Kent. I'm team and, and unless I'm mistaken, RB, I'm, unless I miss something, we don't we don't see. Okay, so let's break down the. I know we got to go into the final episode at some point, yeah. so maybe now's yeah. a good time. Okay. So, was this a dream that he was having on the airplane, or is this really what's going on in the future? That's one part of this and then okay everything that's in that dream or in the future quote unquote like the kind of yeah, wrap up I don't think it's a dream I think that's kind of our epilogue mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah I mean that's cause like kind they of show the whole yeah. they, they show the whole sequence and then like he's on the plane and he wakes up I guess. I, I mean, I think that's reading into it. I, I, I think it actually happened. I think he's just on the plane. I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. I could. Okay. Maybe I missed it. Yeah. For sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, that's that's all I have to say. That's that's what Ted has built. That that's yeah. his legacy that he left on AFC Richmond. And that's so. And that they're going to continue okay. to believe. You know, I think that's the final yeah. thing we see is the believe sign back up. Right. And um, and in that sequence, I don't remember, but I think they don't really show. They just show like uh, Jamie and 
Roy hanging out, and then Keely like shows up, and they're like just all friends. So yeah, is that kind of yeah, like the really way it see... all ends? Yeah, we don't see who it is because again, that's not important. It's important that Keely learn to respect herself. I mean, we see that in the final sequence: Roy and Jamie fighting over who gets to be with Keely, and Keely kind of, you know, she just kicks him out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the answer. She doesn't have to be with either of them. It's not, you know, and that's why I think Keely's a special character because we think of the model who dates the the footballer, so to speak, and she's mm. kind of just a prop piece of arm candy, and that couldn't be further from the case in Keely's Keely's case here. Yeah, she's one of the best characters in the show, and yeah, deservingly yeah. because she has like some of the most screen time in the entire show, right? She absolutely, yeah. Probably the second protagonist of this show next to Ted Lasso, I'd say. Ah, that's, that's hard to say. There are so many protagonists, and it, it depends on who the focus is on. I mean, there are episodes where Sam, you know, and we haven't even touched on Sam, who I would say is one of my favorite characters in the show, Sam Obasanya. Um, yeah. You know, there are episodes he where awesome. it's... I love Sam. ...where it's Nathan, who's our protagonist. There's episodes where it's... Uh, um, Rebecca, you know, there are yeah, so many different switches. Yeah, it's hard to say who our main protagonist is, but that's what is that is one of the, the coolest parts too. Lasso. Yeah. yeah, that is one of the coolest parts of the show too. Is like like we were saying that when when the protagonist does switch to being mainly someone else or what or so you know so on. So interesting. Um, I also was wondering. What do you think mm. about um, Rebecca? Because I think she's a really great character as well. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to say anything negative about any of these characters. And again, another excellent <laughs> development from someone who hires Ted so that he will fail. Just yeah. to upset her ex-husband and to see her grow into being the boss. I mean, those yeah. final sequences where she's in the room with all the other owners and she's just a boss in there. She's able to hold her own. It's awesome to see. Um, no, I, I don't know I, if you would agree with this or not, RB, but yeah, I'd say as far as character growth goes, I think Rebecca had the most character growth out of maybe, but maybe Jamie, maybe Jamie, maybe Roy. Maybe Roy too. I guess there is a lot of character yeah. growth in a few yeah. of these characters, but um, I would have to say, from being, I mean, something we've seen done yet again in, like I said, one of my favorite shows of all time, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, the villain from season one slowly becoming the friend over time as we get to season three, where they're critical to the success of you know the team is getting as far as they gone uh you know mm-hmm. i yeah. think it's great it's great writing and and it's it's a it's a it's an aspect that we like to see because we see it in star wars we see it in avatar we see it in harry potter the redemption arc um it happens in all kinds of stuff lord of the rings happens Without in there yeah. yeah yeah so there's there's that's what this show did great is the entire show was just a big redemption arc of ups and downs like people going for, through for tough everyone, things for every character yeah. yes it, it is again it's a show that shows that even professional athletes even models even 
owners of sports teams, even coaches, go through the same things that we are going through. And I think that's what's so special about it. You yeah. know, it, Ted Lasso goes through mental health issues. The guy who paints a facade that he's the happiest guy in the world needed help and was able to seek that out to better himself. And again, I think that's the overlying message here. It's, it's okay to seek out help. It's okay because people succeed when they work together. And that's what we get by the end with Richmond is everyone is working together from the top down in that organization, from Rebecca to the players, to the assistant managers, to the manager, and everyone, the, the town of Richmond rallies behind Ted, and that's how Richmond goes from the joke that it was in season one to what it is by the end in season three. Yeah, and we, we haven't even touched on so many of the characters that are crucial to the plot. We haven't talked about Danny Rojas. We haven't talked about Isaac. We haven't talked about Colin, who's mm-hmm. became one of the main characters in season three that we follow. Yep, yep. Yeah. Trent Krim, another Trent excellent Krim. character with incredible yep. development from season one yeah. to season three from being this stone-cold <laughs> reporter who just loves to trash Richmond and Ted Lasso to writing a book about them, The Lasso that, Way. That was that was, uh, that was when <laughs> I realized this show was going to be incredible. Was that when, I think it was episode two or three where he gets stuck with Trent Krim for the whole day. Yeah. And then and, they yep, end up yep. eating the Indian food at the end. The curry, he, yeah, the incredibly yeah. spicy curry. And finally he writes the story and you think it's just going to be this scathing review of Ted. And it's called The Lasso Way. And that kind of that resonates through, through the end. And by the end in season three, he's with the team writing the book. Yep, yep. Yeah, so there's just so many special things about this show. And yeah. one thing I want to talk about as we kind of wrap it up here is, you know, obviously this is a 10 out of 10 for a reason. Just as a piece of entertainment, I think, RB, we could talk about this a little bit. There's something, in my opinion, for everyone in this. I think there's a, even if you're not a sports fan, I could see someone watching this just because the characters are so. Oh, I great. know, I know, so many people who watch this show who yeah. have never watched or had any interest in watching a soccer match and loved this show. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the biggest praises you can give a piece of entertainment that it appeals to so many people that the best thing you can do is just say, "Hey, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's that good." Yep, I couldn't agree more. So I think that's kind of the overlying message of Ted Lasso is that um, it's meant to be remembered, uh, what what this show has, has achieved, yep. for sure. Yep, Because this absolutely. is an achievement. It really is. Um, I believe this show received 20 Emmy nominations, um, and I'm not sure exactly how many wins, but deservedly so. Uh, it is a masterpiece. If you have not watched it yet, um, I don't think we went too heavy on the spoilers, so please, please, please <laughs> go give this a watch. Yeah. Um, four thumbs up from the two of us. Yep. Uh, really an incredible, incredible show. And um, unfortunately, it's done. Uh, <laughs> kind of bums me out. I'm sure it bums you out as well, Dom. I wouldn't but mind seeing a spinoff. I would love to see a spinoff, and I, I think that would be the only thing we would get for the works in the future. Um, right now, the only spinoff I've kind of gotten, and um, this will be kind of my last wrap-up, but just a, a recommendation for another show, and potentially for you as well, Dom, uh, okay. the David Beckham documentary. And I didn't know much about David Beckham, but very clearly you can see Jamie Tart's character is modeled off of a young David Beckham. And actually, 
watching David Beckham and then in the in the documentary seeing him develop through his youth to me was like watching okay this is what could have happened to Jamie oh, as interesting. he further developed his soccer career um, cool and that's kind of the closest thing you know a, a <laughs> person can dream that was my dream of a Jamie Tart spinoff was David Beckham's real life so if you haven't watched that and you're a soccer <laughs> fan go check out the Beckham documentary on Netflix it's three parts I think it's three hours in total it's awesome so go check that out as well folks Awesome. So coming up soon, we um, in the previous episodes, we have our Hunger Games review, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. We have, uh, before that... Uh, Haunted Mansion. Oh, yeah. Haunted Mansion. <laughs> we yep. had that. We had um, a bunch of like Halloween stuff. You guys could go back in the catalog. I'm not going to pull it up right now. But uh, yep. Yep. in the future coming up if you guys want to hear what we have uh thoughts on wonka coming up uh sometime next week as of this recording yep, yep. so wonka will probably yeah. also be hitting i believe the final episode of the season of rick and morty comes out this week so we'll be reviewing okay. that and then of course stay tuned in a couple of weeks for our top 10 films of the year and top 10 tv shows of 2023 as well yeah, we usually put that out right at the at the end of the year. So check that out. And, of course, guys, tune in to the next episode of Top of the List. See you next time. Later, everybody.